Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane Team Arts, our sizzling summer deals start early with a free Weber barbecue when you buy four selected Bridgestone jeweler or a Lenser tyres. Buy three and get the fourth tyre free on Bridgestone, Goodyear, Yokohama and Dunlop. And up to $100 instant cashback on top tyre brands like Michelin, Goodyear, Zenon and Motorsport X. All with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. T's and C's apply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, Sandown 500 Switch. Roland Dane on the future of supercars. Jet Johnson, a chip off the old block. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. Next year's supercars calendar will finally be announced this week. The big news is that not only is the Sandown 500 back, it returns to its traditional pre-Bathurst 1000 slot. A late reshuffle moves the restored Sandown 500 from August to September. So Sandown is back as a two-driver enduro and regains its rightful place as the warm-up for Bathurst. Out of the running are New Zealand and Winton. The New Zealand event will return in 2024 if government support is secured for a switch to Hampton Downs. The Bend Motorsport Park takes over the August date, squeezing out Winton. These are the final details of the 12 event 2023 supercars calendar, most of which was already known. The returning Newcastle 500 kicks off the season in March, with the championship ending at the Adelaide 500 in November. The 10 other rounds are at the Australian Grand Prix, Simmons Plains, Perth, Darwin, Townsville, Sydney Motorsport Park, The Bend, Sandown, Bathurst and Surface Paradise. In other supercars news, the 2023 Gen 3 grid is all but set. Cameron Hill is locked in at Matt Stone Racing, filling the last vacancy. Bryce Forward and Macaulay Jones haven't been confirmed as continuing at BJR, but that's a formality. In the co-driver market, we're hearing that Warren Luff will be retained by Walkinshaw and Dretty United. Lee Holdsworth is returning to WAU for the Enduros and Fabian Coulthard is staying. So the word we hear is that Luff will anchor a WAU-run wildcard entry at Sandown and Bathurst. Roland Dane may have retired from running Triple Eight Race Engineering, but he's still a familiar figure at racetracks. Dane has kept busy with various roles, including as an advisor to the FIA and Motorsport Australia. Now, he's never been short of an opinion, backed by his decades of experience in international motorsport and business. Dane is now airing his views in a weekly column for speedcafe.com. From his new online soapbox, he's criticised Peter Addison's campaign for a supercars entry 
and described the ongoing delay of the 2023 supercars calendar as a scandal. But according to Dane, he's not trying to be controversial. No, not at all. That's uh, <laughs> far from it. The the intention uh, is to to provide the um, the Speed Cafe uh, uh, readers with um, uh, with some stories, some insights, some uh, different um, uh, uh, different approaches, different um, different tales from uh, from the motorsport world. Um, that I've been a part of for the last um, 50 years. But also surely to, you know, promote or trigger some dialogue within the wider motorsport community. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean where, there are, where there are issues and, and um, uh, where there are topics of discussion that, um, that I think are, uh, are worthy of, of comment or, <laughs> or trying to... Um, trying to draw people's attention to then um, very much so I'd, uh, I'd like to um, I'd like to be able to uh, to say something about those particular things but it won't be it won't be every week Dane charges that supercars is getting grief from fans over Adderton's bid for an entry well simply because he hasn't explained the process and while he says the jury is still out on supercars new ownership, He's critical of the lack of communication with fans and teams. Um, I think uh, I think the it's probably too early to um, to judge them uh, really because you know, I think that it'll be next year when they've been able to to control more of the uh, various aspects of the sport about um, which races where <laughs> um, how the how the um, PR for the for the categories run, how the media is run, etc. Uh, I think uh, you know, next year will, will really be the first the first time you can truly judge them. But uh, there has been a, I think there's been a lack of engagement by the new owners, uh, both um, within the sport and uh, broader across the uh, across the the fan base across the. Um, commercial partner base as well. There's been a there's been a lack of engagement. There's been a lack of uh, uh, really transparent discussion uh, with those parties to to understand what the objectives uh, and, the, and the aims of um, of the race organisation is. That seems to be a familiar theme, doesn't it? Lack of communication, well, certainly with the fans and sometimes even the teams. Yeah, that's what I see from the outside, but um, and I think uh, many people see that. So, but you know, hopefully they'll learn from that, and uh, uh, because there's certainly been brought up with them, this issue has been brought up with them by by various people now, both publicly and privately, from what I understand. Roland Dane is a member of the FIA Touring Car Commission, which governs global tin top racing. As sales of traditional sedans and hatchbacks decline. Touring cars as we know them is a dying breed. From his position on the FIA Commission, Dane sees touring cars and GTs eventually merging. Well, I think the um, uh, the issue is that, as, 
as far as the commission goes, is you've now you're going to have increasingly overlap between um, the GT commission and the touring car commission because, to be honest, touring cars, as you said, in the in in their sort of accepted form, I suppose, for uh, as as we think of them as consumers, even though they can be traditionally, you know, bigger vehicles here in the United States, et cetera, and then in Europe, smaller vehicles. But that 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 class of vehicle, as you say, is, is disappearing. And you know, as, I, as uh, I often refer to them as they, you know, they're the, they're the Ubers really. Um, and they're the vehicles which are increasingly going to be electrified. On the other hand, you've got uh, aspirational vehicles in, in the GT world, which I think you've actually seen a, cha a change of tone amongst the major manufacturers in the last six to 12 months, whereby they've openly said, some of them, that, well, actually, we're going to carry on making internal combustion engine vehicles, probably in, in much smaller numbers, but for certain niches of the market, as long as there's, uh, there are good sustainable fuel um, options for such vehicles. You've seen Ford refer to this recently, BMW and Mercedes. So, um, so I think more and more people are accepting that you know, electrification doesn't work everywhere, um, but for aspirational vehicles, that there is potentially a future for the internal combustion engine for quite some time to come. So I think you're going to see this gravitation towards, uh, from a racing point of view, you're going to see this gravitation towards those sort of hero cars, the, the, the two-door cars that we see in GT3 and GT4. So, in effect, longer-term emerging of touring cars and GTs as we know them at the moment. Well, it's inevitable. In, in racing terms. Yeah, it's inevitable. So, where does that leave supercars, which has no plan beyond Gen 3? Look, uh, I think there are some quite smart people there who, uh, who um, realise that the, the iteration of Gen 3 that we see now you know, won't necessarily last forever at all, but um, uh, but there will be something after that. The current GT3 cars, um, to be honest, don't they wouldn't work in a um, in a supercars environment. Uh, they although they're although they're actually mechanically um, cheap to run, they're not uh, they're not cheap if you hit things with them, and they've got too much downforce. Um, they wouldn't race well over the streets of um, Surface Paradise, for instance, uh, etc. Uh, some of the tracks we go to, totally unsuitable for, for GT3 cars. So a supercar has evolved over the last 30 years, like a kangaroo. It's evolved for uh, the land it finds itself in. And um, so what we've got to see is what best works, I suppose, as a uh, in the supercars environment for whatever the next iteration is after the um, the two Gen 3 cars that we see ahead of us next year. So um, I'm not sure it's completely clear yet, but uh, but there needs to be there needs to be something that fits into that aspirational GT area. And I don't think we're the only people in the world to be recognizing this because you look at DTM, which for two seasons now has run GT3 cars. Um, but with professional drivers going flat out, 
uh, racing for sheep stations, which GT3 cars weren't really designed to do. And of course, you've had huge amounts of damage and uh, to those cars um, at vast expense, even so much so that one or two teams have put their hands up and said, we can't do this anymore. So it doesn't, it's not a solution for us, but I suspect there will be something that will be a solution. Roland Dane has a lot more to say, and you'll hear the full interview on Thursday in Grant Rowley's Parked Up. More after this short break. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, it's all in the name. It's all motorsport, focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend, there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. Jet Johnson has taken the first step towards becoming a third-generation supercars driver. The 17-year-old grandson of V8 legend Dick Johnson won his first national title at Winton on the weekend, crowned TA2 muscle car champion in his Napa Auto Parts Mustang. Amid the celebrations, Grant Rowley caught up with Jet Johnson. Yeah, it does. It feels awesome. You know, we got the uh, got the Northern Series last year, but to be able to to be able to get the you know national series this year, and you know we've got the best team with us to do it as well. So we're super stoked. You it wasn't as easy as you might have liked. Uh, you had a nice lead coming in, but a couple of things went against you this weekend. Yeah, we had a couple of hiccups starting uh, Friday last practice, where unfortunately we had a motor go. So. You know, really not what we needed. We were here till 2am, you know, Saturday morning trying to fix it and the boys did a great job to get it back out. I'm super, super stoked with how that turned out. They did an unreal job. They always they always do, you know, putting in a massive effort. And, you know, they're the reason that we were able to get the championship. Cool, mate. So this one's ticked. What's next? What does 2023 hold for you? Not 100% sure yet. Uh, definitely Trans Am and hopefully some Super 3 or 2 if we can get a drive with a quick team. Um... But we'll just see what opportunities we get. So I guess everything is aiming towards that supercars drive, but you're happy just to take it step by step? Absolutely. The last thing I want to do is rush, you know, my progression and you know, make myself look bad. So I'd rather be 100% sure I'm ready to take that next step and then, you know, when, when the time's right, when the opportunity's presented, then we can take that next step. According to his racer father, Stephen Johnson, Jet is now ready to begin his journey towards supercars. You feel he's ready? You feel he's ready to dip his toe toe into it? I think so. You know, everyone seems to be getting younger and younger these days as they get to uh, drive certain cars. You know, you see young 15, 16, 17-year-olds racing in, uh, you know, Sprint Challenge or Carrera Cup. I think for, for us, to keep him in a V8 rear-wheel drive car is going to be better uh, for his for what he wants to do down the track. Trying to get him into a Super 3 or a Super 2 car is going to be a challenge next year, um, you know, not only budgetary-wise and, and the cost of doing that, but also to trying to find cars. Everybody seems to be uh, have already sold their current supercars, um, and a lot of them are going to be uh, basically sitting at people's 
um, sheds as, a, as an investment, not being out raced. So um, it might be a bit of a challenge to try to find him a, a, a seat to sit in to use. But apart from that, we'll um, uh, you know we'll do what we can and try to get him there, get him some super license points, and maybe hopefully do a, a round here or there as a, as a wild card. By now, it had been expected that the Victoria government would have announced its backing of a new super circuit in Melbourne's Outer West, as first revealed by Parked Up Plus, a multi-purpose motorsport track is planned alongside Avalon Airport, just off the freeway to Geelong. It's still supported by the Andrews Labor government, but we're now hearing that any announcement is on hold until after this weekend's state election. If Labor is returned, major funding for the Avalon Motorsport Complex will be confirmed. More after this important message. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. And we're on the run to the chequered flag. With his roundup of the weekend's racing, here's Grant Rowley, thanks to our partner, Bob Jane Teamer. The Formula One World Championship concluded at the Yas Marina circuit for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And like 14 other times in 2022, Max Verstappen and Red Bull claimed another race win. The Dutchman led from pole to take a comfortable win and extend his total wins for the year to 15, two more than Michael Schumacher in 2004 and Sebastian Vettel in 2013, underscoring Verstappen's dominant year. Ferrari Charles Leclerc finished second ahead of Max Verstappen's Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez, and that result meant that Leclerc finished second in the world title. In his last race for McLaren and F1 in the foreseeable future, Australian Daniel Ricciardo finished ninth, capping off a rather forgettable season in 11th overall. In Formula 2, Philippe Drogovic won the series, Kiwi Liam Lawson was third overall, and Australian Jack Doohan fourth. Locally, the World Superbikes visited Phillip Island with Jonathan Ray claiming one race win, but the weekend was for Alvaro Bautista, who took two wins on his way to claiming the title. Also on the island card was the penultimate round of the Australian Superbike Championship. Brian Starring, Wayne Maxwell and Josh Waters each took a win with the final round of the local championship to conclude at the Ben Motorsport Park this weekend. At Winton, the final round of the TA2 Muscle Car Series was played out and it was Jet Johnson who clinched the crown. Driving his Napa Auto Parts Mustang, the third-generation driver put in a sensible weekend's drive to wrap up the crown with one race to spare. Cole Girton and Jackson Rice shared the wins over the weekend. That's all of the racing from home and abroad. I'm Grant Rowley reporting for Parked Up Plus with thanks to our friends at Bob Jane Teammates. And that's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday, featuring the full interview with Roland Dane. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production.